You know I'm gonna get you, yeah, whatever it takes to get there. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Basement Talk podcast. Ed Birdsell joined by the man who's just returned from Aruba, Jake Simone. Jake, how is Aruba? Good time, man. The sunburn hit differently, um, but had a good time. Nice time in the sun, family, you know, a couple cocktails, the beach. I don't love the beach, but I love it there. Um, some Every swimming. Caribbean beach is different. It's, th- yes. it's different than going to Jones Beach or Robert Moses. Yes, yes. So, you know, the the, uh, the swimming activities, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. And can't complain. Happy to be back here. Now, what would you say would be the was the most enjoyable part of the trip? If you had The Jolly Pirate Pirate Ship. For those uh, out there, a deep sleeper before the deep sleeper. Mm. um jolly pirate um it's about 60 dollars a person they take you on a nice four-hour excursion all over aruba uh open bar we like that that's good open bar snorkeling they take you to the shipwreck they take you all over for snorkeling activities exercises what have you and uh some nice dive boarding along with some nice rope jumping off of the uh, pirate ship wow that sounds like a hell of a time it was a good time I, i had a ball now let we we have to ask because we we have to figure this out here. We know people are trying to travel, so we're gonna we're gonna break down this trip right now. Okay, where did you stay? First of all, we, we can plug the, them. No free advertising, the, but that's okay. The Divi Phoenix uh, Resort. It was a good mm. time. Okay, Divi Phoenix, nice and isolated. Not not you know you go to like the Marriott Surf Club and you know all these other type of hotels they got there. It's like people are on top of you at the Divi. It's it's nice and secluded there. You know, you don't have anyone breathing down your neck. You know, you feel like you're actually, you know, able you're, to breathe on vacation. In your country. own private spot. Yes. Your own private spot. Um, The beach. How would you rate that on a scale of one to ten? Oh, dude, ten out of ten. Like the you can see the bottom of the water oh, at the beach. That's, that's you can just see the bottom. Fantastic. Um, and, and, and the rocks were not, you know, no rocks. You know, nice sandbars all over. Um, you get that and you get the um, like, you know, you ever go to like Robert Moses sometimes and there's just rocks all over the sand. Yes. You're trying to just walk, you know, back to your vehicle or, yes. you know, whatever. North, Shore, North Shore beaches too have that. Yes. No rocks. Like 10 out of 10. That's like best beach I've ever been to. No, we'll never go to a better beach. That's fantastic. Uh, food. Food. How would you rate the Food. Food. It's a very important question. Yes. Um, Restaurant-wise, I would say about, you know, an eight and a half out of ten. You know, okay. I'm a picky grader when it comes to my food, but grocery-wise, wise, it, it the produce isn't exactly the way it is in America. Yeah, I think Americans fair. are a little privileged with their produce. So I would probably go with about like a, a six and a half, seven out of ten okay. um, on that front. But food, it, it's, it's doable for a nice week. I think two weeks is a little too long. I know some people do that for two weeks and – you know, I can kind of get it, it, it kind of wear it. You're welcome after about six yeah. days and the seventh day. You're just like, OK, let, let's get home. Um, yeah. But- usually my longest vacation is about 10. When we went when we went to Japan, that's when it was 10. Exactly. And by the by, like the ninth, 10th day, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of done. I need I need my own bed. Uh, life outside of the resort. If you if you did do that, how would you how would you rate that? Um. Well, Everything closes by midnight, so it yeah. it's not as popping, so to say, as uh, mm-hmm. you know some other places. But it's safe outside the resort. You go to yes. like place, you go to Mexico, you can't leave the resort, you know, or else you're not coming back. Right. So, um, 
I, I life outside the resort, I would, I would give a nice eight and a half out of 10. I just wish things were open a little bit longer and it, it's a little pricey for their beverages because Aruba is a lot of imports. So they have to pay for it mm. all to come into Aruba. Yeah. Aruba and beers though. Deep sleeper. Not bad. Mm. And the, and then the last thing you kind of led me into it, the drinks, not quite the American quality. The beers are smaller okay. and more expensive. Yeah, because of the imports. Which, they get yes, you on we, the tax. They get you on the tax. So not the best drinks, I would say. Uh, I, I was a little underwhelming. I'd probably go like a 6 out of 10 for mm. the drinking experience because you, you have to – the financials matter, man. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't worth what you paid for. No. But just the overall experience of being in Aruba, yeah, I guess. But, you know – for the overall drinking aspect of things now. So you could have gone the entire trip without getting plastered and you still would have had a grand old time. Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. That is what, <laughs> what it is all about. But Jake, we are happy to have you back on the program. And yeah. we have a lot to get. A lot has happened since you have oh, I was keeping been tense. in the continental United States, left the continental United States, and then came back. There is yeah. a lot to get to and to discuss. Uh, we're going to talk some baseball, a lot to talk about there. And we're happy to talk about baseball. Who would have thought? Uh, we're going to talk some preseason as well. A lot's been going on. I mean, Jake has had a uh, a rough day. We are recording this on Thursday. So, you know, we'll talk about that when we get there. And we have a Mount Rushmore at the end of the show. And we have the return of the random ass athlete generator. It's going to be absolutely superb. But the way we start every show, per usual, roses are red, violets are blue. Jake, we're doing Deep Sleeper. What else is new? Uh, what's your Deep Sleeper? All right. So if you listened to me last week, uh, just an update. My SGC submission for my cards is already back. Um, it's like on its way back. So 17-day turnaround. Um, $30 a card. You can't beat that. Um, no. But my new thing involving the sports card world, investing in new products that are raw. And just to keep this short and sweet, go on eBay, newly listed, look up the new set that came out. Like right now, NBA Select is a new product. So look up, you know, I, I did it with uh, Cole Anthony. The Magic is a good example. Cole Anthony, Select Auto, found one, you know, centering looks pretty good. The corners are good. And you know, it's a fresh pull because the product is new. And you look at the eBay seller, make sure he's not selling any other slabs of any sorts. Guy selling all raw cards. Great. This is a good chance to gem. Should be in the mail, honestly today or tomorrow um you know so i'm, I'm well equipped for the uh the hofstra show this weekend i'm looking forward to it you know you're on the modder there right yeah. the hofstra so, show is this weekend for people looking for good and then send the cards to sgc um you could triple your money that way um sometimes with buying raw cards it's insane i got a whole bunch i'm very happy to sgc i'm sending about like 20 cards the next time i send to sgc there you go and you'll still and you'll still make bang on your buck yeah, I mean, even if it doesn't even gem as a 10, like I'm still, you know, you're still making bucks, your money 30 back. 30 bucks a card. I mean, you're yeah. still going to make your money back. Yeah. So SGC, raw cards, the new wave of the sports card world. So I have I have two deep sleepers. I'm going to cheat. First, my first deep sleeper, I'll keep this quick. Fantasy drafts. Oh, we, God. we are closing in. I have my first draft today, Saturday. My first draft is tonight. I still don't really know what I'm going to do. I'm at the eighth pick in a 10-man. It's a family league, so it's just kind of like, you know, whatever. So I think my plan is I'm going to try 
to go zero receiver and just kind of see how that works. Maybe do a little Devonte Adams, Stephon Diggs. No, zero running deal. back. You mean zero, zero running back. Yes. Zero running back. I apologize. But then the other thought was going zero receiver and just loading up on running backs. You know, maybe I get, if, if I get my hands on Zeke at eight, I would have a hard time turning that down, but say I also have the option of Nick Chubb in round two, that might be a tough one to turn down as well. So we'll, we'll be on the podcast next week. And I know we usually do this on the fantasy show, but you know, we're going to talk briefly about it on Monday. It's going to be a, a smaller show Monday talking about that. And then Tuesday, Adam and I have the live co-owned draft that Jake happens to be in yeah. as well. So Jake will be in that draft and we will we will have to discuss. We'll have to do a little fantasy segment next week, just talking about our respective drafts and, and how that went. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, so we will definitely uh, do that next week. But yes, Saturday, it's draft day, folks. And I don't know what I'm going to do, but we'll find out next week when we, uh, when we talk about it, when we talk some fantasy. Um, my other deep sleeper that I have, and this is a deep sleeper for all the wrong reasons, because it really bothers me when I see this. And I don't know if you're the same way, Jake. Texting at dinner. Hate it. I absolutely hate it with a passion. Now, now. So I was out to dinner. This was probably today's Saturday. This was last weekend. This is last weekend. I was out to dinner. And, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting around the table, went out for a couple cocktails a little bit. And, you know, you know what you do when you go to a to an eatery establishment, you know, you just kind of people watch, you know, you kind of just, you know, glance around, see everyone's doing a whole bit. And, you know, there was this family that walked in and they sat down, you know, we're looking at the menu a whole bit. And then literally just in unison, they all pull out their phones and they just start texting away. And I'm sitting there. I'm just like, wait a minute. You people, you're at home. Is this what you do at home? You go out. It's supposed to be, you know, what I would think is supposed to be family time. And you're just sitting there texting. So why did you even come out? Why did you waste? Why did you waste? If there was a family of five, probably waste somewhere in the range of 150, 200 bucks for dinner just to come out, text and not really say anything to each other. You know, that would that that that's that for me is is a confusing one. That one I don't really understand that much. And I just don't know how people can go out and just be on their phones the entire time. Granted, you know, if there's an emergency and, and you need to be just have your phone on your person, you know, that's yeah. totally fine. But for me, when I'm sitting down at a at a dinner, very rarely do I have my phone on me. Uh, very, very rarely. Bullshit. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Where where has conversation gone it's like if you can't put down your phone for an hour man like you got a problem you gotta you gotta gotta reprioritize your priorities are all out of whack that's how i feel unless like you know something's going on that you know i get it but requires attention if you got to be looking at your uh your instagram whatever bullshit during dinner like come on man well that was it is that very clearly there was a lot of selfie taking going on so i immediately assumed it was like oh okay this person is just on snap and they're just snapping away that makes absolutely no sense like i yeah. me personally i don't give a fuck about your dinner i don't give a fuck yeah it's uh, me either 
So it's it, people it just, are weird, it, man. For me, it defeats the purpose. It defeats the purpose of actually going out and spending time with someone outside of your home. For me, if you want to be on your phone, stay home. Stay home. I agree. I all valid points. Stay the fuck home if you want to stay on your phone. I just I I, I don't understand it. But um, yes, yeah, so that that's that's my deep sleeper. Uh, texting at dinner. Don't do it. If you're going out, guys, guys, I'm, I'm talking to you right now. If you're going out with a significant other or Ooh. trying to court someone to be your significant other, are you going to be on your cell phone? The answer is no. Hopefully. If your answer is maybe or yes, your priorities are just completely fucked. You're not going to land her. So have fun. But you shouldn't do it regardless because that's time with people that maybe you wouldn't normally see. Or maybe it's family time. It's family time outside of the house. You're getting out. You're doing something different. And in a time where all we do is sit on our phones all day and go on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and, 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 uh, and uh, you know, whatever. It's just kind of like, you know, it, I, it just defeats, it defeats the point. It defeats the point of any socialization. And it goes into a much deeper conversation of how people are just so afraid to pick up the phone and talk to each other nowadays, or even just, you know, face-to-face have a conversation. But that is a much deeper discussion that we just do not have time for. But I think everyone kind of gets the gist. Don't be on your phone. If you can, if you if you have separation anxiety from your phone and you need to have it on you, have it on you. Fine. But if you can leave it in the car at home is best. But if you can leave it in the car, leave it in the car. Or if your significant other has a bag that they can hold both of the phones in, give it to your significant other, put it in her bag, and that's that. There should be a strict no phone policy when having dinner with family or with significant others or even friends or even friends. Just wanted to say that. Okay. So the random ass athlete generator. Jake, do we have any guesses as to who the athlete can be? I can give you the sport. What sport? Baseball. Andrew Velasquez. It is not Andrew Velasquez. He's not active. Not active. Not active. What team did he play for? He played for multiple teams, one of which is near and dear to our hearts. Jason Giambi. Oh, that's a very good guess. It is not Jason Giambi, however. Um, let me go with another. Nick Swisher. It is not Nick Swisher. You have the, you have the position right. First base. Mark Teixeira. It is not Mark Teixeira. It is. He used to play for the enemy. Johnny Damon. It is, in fact, Johnny Damon. Oh, God. Johnny Damon. The first thing I think of when I think of Johnny Damon, caveman. Of course. Yeah. I, I think of that that uh, when he took third base with no one covering it in the 2009 World Series in Game 5. And then we scored. That's a very good shout. That's a very, very, very good shout. Um, Let's see. I mean, we can go back to that 2009 playoffs when he hit uh, home runs, and I believe it was game three and game four yeah, against of the home, Angels. Yeah, speaking of game, home runs, what about game seven, that grand slam against the Yankees in 04 yeah. in the ALCS? Yeah, yeah. 
if we want to talk about that, yeah, we definitely, yeah, we could definitely go there. Uh, I mean, in, in, a, in that same World Series, he hit a homer. I think he had one homer in that series against the Cardinals to, to, to break the curse. Recently just got arrested for uh, DUI. He did. He did. He's a felon. He's a felon. Oh, Johnny. Johnny. That's that's horrific. Yeah. Um, He played an old-timers day for the Yankees. I think he's only played in one. He currently looks like a caveman again. Does he really? I don't know about caveman, full-blown, but he has the long hair again. I know that. Really? Yeah. This, this is shocking information to me. Is, is he on Instagram? Maybe. Let's see. He is. Wow. He does look like a caveman again. I mean, oh, my God. Wow. Everyone pause the po- podcast right now and go look at Johnny Damon on Instagram. Ooh, wow. He looks more like Hawaiian surfer than anything else. Yeah. Doesn't have the beard. He has a long hair, though. Yes, he 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 does not. He does not have the beard, but he's got he's got some 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 scruff going on, but yeah. he doesn't have the, the full beard. But the but the luscious locks are flowing. My goodness. Um, Let's see what else. Only well, played for the Royals, played for the Athletics, played for the Red Sox, played for the Yankees. And it was, did he go Indians, Rays, or was it Rays, Ray, Indians? Rays, Indians. Rays, Indians. Okay. And did you get the A's in there at all? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, th- I think we're good on Johnny Damon after that. <laughs> I, think, I think we're good on Johnny Damon. I think that was a that was a nice one. And, oh, oh, and uh, Donna, my, my mother, great woman, uh, has a huge crush on clean shaven Johnny Damon. Yeah. Johnny's a good looking dude. He's a good looking man when he uh, when he keeps it when he keeps it, you know, a little close. But when he lets it go, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Not my cup of tea. I, I, I like to keep myself, you know, trimmed down as well, as they say. All right. Speaking of Johnny Damon, he played baseball. Let's talk about baseball. Jake, is there any other place that you really want to start other than talking about our team? Yep. Uh, just one quick thing. Fuck the Boston Red Sox. Fuck Jared Carabas, and we're coming fuck for Alex Cora. Oh fuck it, dude! Alex Cora should be in fucking prison. <laughs> the fact that he even has a job in baseball anymore is a joke. Well, be banned to the life. Red Sox to hire him again. Yeah, because they have no no dignity. They're a bunch of dirtbags, and you know they tried mocking the Yankees last night. Xander Bogarts, you know, doing the thing with the the muscle. You know what? Screw that. We had Andrew Heaney throw throw uh, throw seven innings last night against the Boston Red Sox. One run, Andrew Heaney. Yeah. The, yeah, the worst yeah. pitcher on the planet, I thought, up until last night. And, you know, of course, we need to make it interesting in the ninth inning or else it wouldn't be a Yankee victory. Uh, Chapman tried his best to blow it. Boom. He did. Changing his ways, actually managing smartly this past week. Yeah. Just not sitting around and watching. Brings in Licky, who I think stinks. But luckily, Velasquez was there and made the play of the season for the Yankees right there. I don't think um Velasquez uh Torres could have made that play and better yet I don't think Luke Voigt could have made that play at first base scooping the ball off the ground like Anthony Rizzo and how good is Anthony Rizzo man I mean oh. my god that guy is the Italian stallions of the he's Yankees. a breath of fresh Rizzo, air Rizzo and Gallo man they the Yankees saved the season and you know I'm looking forward to getting some pitchers back Herman Kluber Severino who the hell knows with him yeah. um you know Gio Urshela we certainly miss his defense at third base uh although Odor I think is a big part of this team um, that I think would be a mistake um, taking his bat at the lineup. I think he gets a lot of big hits and he's a big energizer for this team. 
So, um, you know, moving forward, it's just about getting guys back, staying healthy. That's number one thing. And last three games are against the Rays, man, for the, uh, at the end of the season. So this is going to be a dogfight for the AL East, and I think the Yankees are ready for the challenge. You know, we got the Twins coming into town, uh, coming into Yankee Stadium starting tonight. We need to beat up on them and go from there. I'm absolutely ecstatic. And, you know, credit to the players, I guess, and credit to Brian Cashman. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree. And before we get into more logistics, and you mentioned something about just this lineup conundrum now that the Yankees have. Right, I, I left, want, right, yeah. Yeah, I want to do a little exercise while we're at it. So I just wrote down here on my on my uh, my little notes page. I just wrote down no particular order. We're just going to put guys uh, onto onto a lineup card. You know, that doesn't need to be an order specifically, but just go, you know, catcher to DH. So let's just run through it of who the ideal selections would be, assuming everybody is healthy and, you know, there. And, and you know what? For the sake of it, we'll do a five-man rotation as well. Because why not? So, starting catcher, we both agree, is Gary Sanchez. Correct, yeah. No question yeah. about it. Yeah. I mean, if it's not Sanchez, who is it? I mean, it's, it's not going to be Higashioka. Sorry. No. Sorry. Man can't hit his weight. Agreed. Uh, first base. Anthony Rizzo has to be, has to be Rizzo. I agree. Uh, second base, LeMahieu. DJ LeMahieu. Okay. Uh, third base, Gio Urshela. I agree. I think it has to be Urshela. Shortstop. Now, Glaber. it's you, you're it's, still sticking it's not with Glaber. Velasquez. We're not going with Velasquez over Glaber Torres. Okay. Okay. I know there. There are a lot of people. They're not who, going. We're not. They're not going to. Velasquez they're not going over to, Glaber but, Torres. But there are a lot of people who, I mean, I'm not going to say that Velasquez, I'm going to say after a week is no. better than Glaber Torres, no. but don't eat, no, no. I like what I've seen. I've liked what yeah. I've seen. I would, I would, I would say that if Glaber comes back and can't figure it out, he's got to, he's got to feel the pressure of, of Velasquez he, because the, yeah, fans, he was starting the fans to come back, going so to get to around, on yeah. him. Yeah. You know what? The heat. He was starting to come around too before the injury. It sucks. He was a freak accident, but now Glaber's the shortstop. Next year he won't be. He'll be playing second base again, probably. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know if Rizzo's coming back to this team. That's something they got to figure out. But you know, honestly, he's not that bad of a short. I mean, he's okay. He's not obviously great, but no, Glaber's the shortstop next. I would think they have to bring back Rizzo at this point because I think there there would be a lot. You might want to go back to Chicago though. That's the only problem. Right. If he goes back to Chicago, that's one thing. But if the Yankees can make the numbers work. I mean, he, you got to bring back to. Rizzo. Yeah, yeah, you have to bring him back. If he, want, if he wants to come back and he says to Brian Cashman, knocks on his door and says, yo, I love being in New York. I want to be back here. Then you there's no excuse. There's no excuse at that point. Uh, all right. So now we have probably – I don't even know if there's a debate at this point who's going in the outfield. I think it's got to be Gallo and left, Judge and center, and Stanton and right. I actually like Gallo in center a lot better than Judge, to be completely honest with you. I really like okay. Judge and right, and I like Stan, Stan and left. left. Okay, That's what I would do. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, those are the three. Those are the three. It doesn't really matter where you want to put them. I think Gallo in center is fine. Yeah. You know, it doesn't bother me that much. DH is interesting. Are you going with Luke Voigt? Um, well, I'm looking at Odor, and I'm looking at Voigt. Those are the, those are the two uh, options. I'm going, I'm going Rugnet Odor. I think with this lineup, the one that would give something different is Odor. 
And he's a clutch hitter. Yeah. And he's and he's a clutch hitter. Uh, and and Voigt, I think, is a good power bat. If you want to bring him off the bench, fine. But in this lineup, I think I'd rather the lefty. Yeah, you I, just platoon them. If they're throwing a lefty, you, you play Voigt. If they're throwing a righty, you, th- you play Odor. I agree. I agree. So we'll say we'll put an Odor because I think that's the way that I would go just because I like having the additional lefty in there. I think it just yeah. brings more balance to the lineup. Odor has been absolutely tremendous for this team. He has. He has. And, and, and they that's another feather in the cap of Brian Cashman, I have to say. Yep, I agree. Have to say. They, they made a good one there. All right. Rotation time. Uh, I mean, Cole, Tyone, yeah. Monty. It's Cole for me. Uh, number two up, we're going to say Jameson Tyone. Yeah, not even close. Okay. So we'll say and Monty has to be three. I say Monty has to be three as well. And then four and, and five gets interesting. Is Severino, five, is Severino yeah. healthy or is he coming back this year? We're, we're assuming that he's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would just throw him in the bullpen at this point and let I would him too. Just, and, and, and let because the Yankee bullpen is brutal. Um, yeah. Let him pitch out of the bullpen. I'm not going to lie to you. Here's an interesting one. Are you, I think you're going to say what I'm, what I was about to say. I, it's not, it's not. Okay. I, my four and five would probably be if Kluber's healthy, Kluber. Mm-hmm. My five would be Herman or okay. Heel. Or no, no, no. Excuse me. Excuse me. I misspoke. Heel is five. That was the one. Yeah. Heel's five. But here's what I would do with this guy. Yeah. Been absolutely tremendous for this team. Yankees have a problem closing games, they don't throw enough strikes. Mm-hmm. Why not have Nestor Cortez be the closer of this team? I don't see an issue with that. Dude, Nest, I trust Nestor Cortez more than anybody in that bullpen right now besides the Wysico. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, hell, hell, what if in this situation, because we're, we're going to put now Kluber in at four and Luis Heal in at five, right? Yeah. So we're leaving out of this rotation. We're leaving Severino, Andrew Heaney out of this. Heaney, Daffa. I don't need to see him again. Heaney, I think, is a good guy you could put in the you could put in the bullpen that could eat innings if need be. But with a guy like Severino, if you want to work him back, why not have him close some games? Yeah, but the thing is, though, he's been a lifelong starter. You know what I'm yes, saying? Like he's absolutely. never come out of the bullpen. I I think Cortez is that guy where it don't matter what the role is, he'll be fine. He won't mess with his, uh, you know, with his stuff. With the, yeah, exactly. Like pitchers are mental. You know, they're mm-hmm. mental midgets. So yeah. I think Sevy, I mean, dude, if you can have an eighth inning of Sevy, Loisica, Nestor Cortez, I, I like that a lot better than what we have now. Chapman, man, I just don't want to – I really would not mind if I never saw Chapman pitch again for the Yankees. He's it's easier on the heart. shot. Yeah. He shot. It's he, much, he much, shot much, much easier Britton on the heart. shot. Yeah. Um, Chad Green is awaiting home run every single time he comes into the game. And I'm not going to lie, this guy Clay Holmes doesn't look too bad either. Um, no, the he, guy from he, the Pirates. No, he doesn't look that bad either. Wandy Peralta has looked very Peralta, good. Peralta's the guy you bring in if there's a jam and a lefty up. That's who you bring in. Yeah, Wandy Peralta. Yep, Don't I agree. Bring in Zach Britton, please no. But dude, but, Nestor the closer, man, I'm telling you. But uh, you know what? Zach Britton takes a lot of shit, rightfully so. But I think since he had that conversation allegedly with Boone, where he went to Boone and said, "Look, I can't be and, closing games right now." And then now. Boone and then Boone put him in the next day to close the game. <laughs> right, exactly. But I think after that, Britain has looked better. I think yeah, Britain just had good last night. 
Yeah, he looked he looked really good last night. Had a very nice one, two, three inning Wednesday night. So, but it it really just comes down to in in the playoffs who's going to have who's going to be the hot arm, and you got to you got to ride that guy. So if it's Britain, we got to ride Britain. Yeah, if it's, it's Nestor Cortez, we have to ride Nestor Cortez. Hell, and, and I said it before, I'll say it again. I think Andrew Heaney, you know, sticking that in the in a bullpen for the playoffs. I wouldn't mind that. My only thing with him is that he just doesn't have a put out pitch. That that's the biggest no, problem that I have. No nah, man, dude. And Herman, you're you're forgetting. Uh, yeah, and 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 Herman. Herman's had an experience pitching out of the bullpen this year, dude. The Yankees pitching is is prepared for the challenge right now. That we will not lose because of pitching. I'll no. tell you, this is not pre. If the Yankees had this pitching staff in 2017 and 2019, they would have won the World Series. I agree. I agree. I and I think that this. The way that we've gotten out of this hole, yeah, it's been bringing in Rizzo, bringing in Gallo, but what has kept us afloat, start the pitching, especially late May into June, it's been the starting pitching. The starting, starting pitching. with the ace, Garrett Cole. Yeah, Garrett Cole has been, he's been tremendous. Jamison Tyone, I give full credit to Brian Cashman on that one. He started off like shit, but something happened where they just let Tyone go. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then and then bringing the kid up, heel. Yeah, heel. I mean, historic. He's been his. Yeah. He's been so good. So it's and, like you know, and they you also know, plan on Clark Schmidt coming up. Yeah, yeah, with September call-ups. Yeah, that, that, that absolutely is a possibility that Clark Schmidt is going to see some, some time. But now it's like you know, if you are if you're the Yankees, you have a decision that you have to make in terms of Clark Schmidt, in terms of Luis Heel. Do you want to protect them as your young gem pitching prospects? Or do you see how good Luis Heel has been, you know, really what this is going towards? And do you let him go? And the answer for me is I think you really don't have a choice but to let Luis Heel go. You have to. Yeah, yeah. The heel's got to be pitching every fifth day. I think so. I has I, to. I, I mean, what? What other guy would you be putting in that fifth spot where you can say you have the same amount, if not more confidence, that they're going to give you a quality start than Luis Hill? I don't think there is one. Nestor. If you want to keep putting Nestor in the rotation, okay, fine. But I'm thinking Nestor's going to be in the bullpen. Dude, I absolutely love Nestor Cortez. I do too. I think he's under team control. It's like 2026. Yeah. All those guys are under team control for a while. Obviously, with the exception of Kluber and Heaney. But all those guys, Loisica... Nestor, uh, Heal, um, Luizica, all those guys are under team control. Holmes, um, Wandy. Zach Britton is one more year. Chapman is one more year. Can't wait. I can't wait. Just please <laughs> get him. <laughs> please. But now, uh, what's now for for you realistically? Before we before we talk about some other teams, we talked about the Yankees for forever. Who's the heir apparent being the closer for Chapman? Loisica. Okay. Loisica. He's good Loisica stuff. Remind, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like an idiot, but he kind of reminds me a little bit of Mariano with the trajectory of his career. Oof. A little That's a bit. Big statement. A little bit. Uh, there's only one, but it, there it, is only one. Dude, he was. Remember how bad he was? <laughs> like just oh, yeah. last year. Awful. Awful. He was one of those guys that we were just hoping that Aaron Boone would just never call on again. Yeah, but I'm glad Boone just added the phase of let's bring Licky in and, you know, can't wait to warm up Peralta in the first, you know, Nelson. 
uh, Krisky. I'm glad that just those days are over. You know what? And and before we move on, talking about more baseball, I give credit to Aaron Boone. I don't give him credit for much, but I give him credit for one thing: is that I feel when I'm watching now, he knows I where the game's like, going. I feel like that there's more of a feel approach that it's not so predictable and so based on the analytics necessarily that there's more that Boone has more control over what's happening. They're being more aggressive on the base pass. They're laying down more bunts. There's more of an athletic vibe to this team that they're able to kind of do what they want to do and not get any kickback for it. So I give Aaron Boone credit that it just seems like finally, I mean, what was the stat last night that Aaron Judge had two stolen bases in his last 102 games, and then the last five, he's at three? Incredible. Ridiculous. And it takes him five strides to get the second base because he's built like a brick shithouse. Yeah. And and honestly, you got to give credit to Brett Gardner, too. I thought he was completely finished. He's at least been useful lately. And, And you know what? And another guy that I've been very hard on in the past, Tyler Wade as well. Oh, that defense he was playing in that Angels game. I, I was about I was about to Yeah. You know. But yes, Wade has been a, he stepped a, a, up. a lot better. Yeah, he stepped up. He stepped yeah. up and there have been a lot of guys that have really come to the plate literally and figuratively while the Yankees have had their injury issues. So I mean fair fair play to them. And and you know what? I think I think at this point really it's we're going to have to just keep on pushing. You know, it's five games now. I think right. I think as of time of recording, it's now six and a half given the Rays have already won today. So if we win tonight, it'll It'll go back to five and a half and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It'll go back to five and a half. If if we win tonight. So yeah, I mean, we're just, uh, we're happy Yankee fans. Finally, we're able to come on this podcast and not be all doom and gloom. Go back like a month ago when let's talk about the Yankees. And I'm sure it was not this positive or this pleasant. No, no, not at all. No, it was it was pretty painful if I if I remember correctly. Um, I want to talk about next. I want to talk about what's going on in the NL West. Probably, in my opinion, the best division in baseball. Easily, easily, hands down, far and away. And I, you know what? If it were if it wasn't for the New York Yankees and how well they've been playing, the San Francisco Giants have a real claim to being the hottest team in baseball right now. They have looked absolutely excellent. I think Chris Bryant has given them a big lift, even though he's, I believe he's on the IL right now. But regardless, the pitching has been terrific. One to nine in that lineup has been really, really good. The pitching, you said it. Yeah, the, the pitching. The pitching is, is what it's been. And, and, they, and they play in a great division, too. Yeah, they play, they play in a great division where I really, really want to see the Giants some way, somehow, win that division where the Dodgers and the Padres are in a wild card game. Because you obviously now have to talk about the Padres now that Tatis is back. But is it fair, Jake, for me to say that the Padres, despite everything that they've done, despite the acquisitions, that they've been kind of underwhelming? Underwhelming. Yeah, but Tatis, the injury, that was big. The yeah. pitching for the Padres has really gotten injured, and Blake Snell hasn't really panned out um, to the guy that they expected. I mean, is Clevenger done for the year? I don't think he's supposed to come back at no, all, No, he's right? not supposed to come back. 
Yeah, the Padres, they, I think people might have been a little too early on the Padres this year. I think next year might be more of their year um, than this year. Well, right now they're sitting at 67-56. and 56. They are eight games back of the Dodgers for first place in the wild card. So odds are the Dodgers, at the very least, are going to be hosting a wild card game at Chavez Ravine in Easily. L.A. But, you know, and even if, you know, it's with the Giants, it's going to be in San Francisco. So San Diego, if they can hold on to that second wild card spot, you have the Cincinnati Reds on their tails, the Cardinals as well. Phillies are there. But my out of, out of all those teams, the best team is San Diego. And I think, my money's on the Padres. Yeah, my money is too. And I think Major League Baseball would absolutely go wild yeah. if a wild if they have two wild card games of the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers and the Padres. I don't think the Red Sox are making the playoffs at this well, rate. I don't think so either. I think the A's think, get it. And that, think, that would be a home run for the Yankees if they saw the A's come into Yankee Stadium. Agreed. Agreed. Because that place – that place would be wild. Garrett Especially Cole. with Bassett hurt too now. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully he makes a uh, recovery because that that's something I watched once. And I was kind of like, yep, I don't need to watch that again. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good. But Jake, I think when we talked about this on the trade deadline show, you had mentioned, I think I may have said this too. I'm not, I'm not, I don't exactly remember word for word. But I think you said with the acquisitions that the Dodgers had made that the Giants – their days at the top were numbered in terms of no, the, I, the I was wrong. I, yeah. I, I, you know what? I think the hole's just too big for the Dodgers now, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's three games right now. Eh, it's not too big, but no, not at the pace the Giants are going, no. Do you think in a seven-game series, the Giants would have a chance against they the Dodgers? They would have a chance. Absolutely, they'd have a chance, but my money's on the Dodgers for every single series that they play. I don't care. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Listen, I think that's a very fair assessment. Yeah. Um, all right, so we'll move on from the NL West. Let's go to the NL East. Let's talk about the Mets. And I, I just want to get, before we talk about the division as a whole, we talk about everything that's been going on in the NL East and what we think is going to happen with that division that is just a fucking mess. How do we, what was your initial reaction, Jake, with Steve Cohen coming out and blasting his own lineup? Dude, he's a, fu- like, listen, man, not for nothing. He's lucky he's not in jail. All right, that's number one. Number two, you just don't do that as an owner, man. Like, you know, you're just trashing your employees on the internet. Like, I don't know. I thought that was a little corny. Like, I get it. Fans are going to be excited by it because, you know, the owner. But, dude, you're not a you're not a caller of a radio show. You know, you're the owner. Like, this is – you're not a fan. You're an owner. And I thought that was ridiculous. And the Mets season's over. Forget it. The Grom's out for the year. Um, Syndergaard, you know, they don't have the pitching. Like, who, who – what are we talking about here? I mean, is Lindor? You're telling me Lindor is earning that $340 million contract this year? Ah, hell no. And Javier Baez, I thought, didn't really move the needle at all for them. You know, it was a good look. You know, Javier Baez is a lot better than what people think. He's a strikeout prone player that swings a lot of bad pitches and, you know, doesn't have the production that warrants all the hype. So it's over. The Phillies are going to win that division. Yeah, I agree with the, that. The Phillies are going to win the division. I just think yeah, with the Mets are done. Steve Cohen is obviously trying to generate buzz, you know, because the team he, sucks. He's smart. He's yeah. smart. He knows that negative publicity is good publicity. And exactly. I and you know what? I thought it was childish. I thought it was stupid. I thought he came off as a fan more than an owner, like you said. But 
I think it's more, you know, there are people that'll take that and they'll say, oh, but it shows that he cares. Yeah. Yeah. But how do you, how do you then the next day or the next week or the next month, look, whenever you show up, go into, go into a locker room and look someone like Pete Alonso in the face. You don't, you don't. And I would even say too, the Mets, the Mets already have a problem where they are universally looked at as the B team in New York to the Yankees. So that's an issue right there is that, oh, if you're coming to New York, you're obviously going to play for the Yankees. You're not necessarily going to play for the Mets. But now it's a matter of you now have an owner that can potentially just go on Twitter and and, and run his mouth yep, sort of bad. thing. It's a bad look, and they're going to be players that will look at the Mets when the Mets come calling with their deep-ass pockets and say, yeah, but but what about that guy? What about the guy that talks shit about his own players? It's like James Dolan. Uh, yeah. In, in many ways, yeah, only without being so open and vocal on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree, man. But I think I think the Phillies, I think that they they have the best team in that division, and I think they're going to win it. Atlanta, though, I, I mean, listen, I think out of – I mean, is it fair to say that out of every team in that division – that'll be available for this stretch run. Atlanta probably has the best player in Freddie Freeman. Uh, No, Bryce Harper is on the Phillies. (laughs) Uh, Me personally, me personally, I just... Not the year Bryce Harper's having. Bryce Harper's having a ridiculous year, but I just think Freddie Freeman himself, Atlanta's winning that division right now. So, I mean, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there are still matchups to be played. Between yeah, the Phillies. I like the Phillies pitching a lot with Zach yes. Wheeler and Aaron Ola uh, headlining the rotation. That's I, that's I think what what separates the two is yeah. the pitching. And if I, I just gotta find, yep. So they play at the end of September. They have a three game series in Atlanta, which it's could which could most likely decide the division. But before we go on, talk about uh, preseason. I want to get your take on this right now. Does Luis Rojas keep his job? Yeah. I Interesting. Do. Interesting. I do. I think he keeps his job. Interesting. I don't. I don't. I think that they go back and they try and do what the Red Sox did with Cora and they try and, and they go and hire Beltron. Once the bad PR kind of subsides from, from all of that. Yeah. All right, Jake. Let's talk about some preseason. Now, I think what we're going to do is I want to talk about winners and losers so far from what we've seen in the preseason. Obviously, we're in the middle of preseason week two. So why don't we just get right onto it? And uh, Jake, I think I know where you're going to go with your uh, your first pick here. So I'll let you uh, I'll let you have the floor. Yeah, you won't I, steal don't, I don't want to do too much football because next week it's going to be a lot of football, but yeah, just, just to be, you know, I was happy with how Zach Wilson looked, you know, nothing spectacular. The jets kept it simple. Um, you know, we have to see more week two. And, you know, I, I think Mike LaFleur, the offensive coordinator did a good job. Um, you know, obviously today kind of sucks with Carl Lawson going down for the season. That sucks, but 
um, whatever. Um, and I'm, I'm also excited to see Elijah Moore get back into this offense. It kind of gives them a new uh, element of speed and the big playability. And I thought Zach Wilson, Corey Davis have a nice little chemistry going on. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing the Jets build on that for sure. So um, I, I'm a happy Jets fan. I thought of, of all the rookie quarterbacks, I think Zach Wilson looked more like an NFL quarterback than any of them, I must say. And that's just not me being biased, but, you know, it's the honest truth. I mean, do you want to talk about the Carl Lawson injury? Is that it sucks. I mean, there's no way to replace him. They gave all that money to him. The Jets, two biggest free agents in the last three years, have only played three quarters combined, C.J. Mosley and Carl Lawson, and fucking sucks, man. You know, I, I have no other no other words for it. There's no replacing him. You know, hopefully this season it wasn't even about making the playoffs. It's about seeing how Zach Wilson looks, and hopefully he's the guy moving forward, or else, you know, guys like Carl Lawson won't even matter to the grand, in the grand scheme of things. So hopefully the offense stays healthy for the most part. Um, hopefully we have something to build on where next offseason we can really address that defense, the secondary in particular, and, you know, maybe another offensive lineman tight end would be nice. And, you know, we don't have as many needs heading into next offseason and we can start thinking about the playoffs next year. So, you know, prayers up for Carl. Uh, the winner, the biggest winner for me of the preseason so far has to be Justin Fields. I thought he looked excellent. He threw, he did all the things though, that I expected that I knew he did well. Like, you know, the touchdown he threw, it's like, God, there was, was no one in the, he did not, he, all the things that I knew he did well, he did well. He didn't do the things that I had concerns about well at all. Like they. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. And, but, and you need to think of, I listen, I know competition in college is one thing, but dude, he didn't play, you know, sitting there starting a game is a lot different than coming out of the bullpen in the, you know, the second quarter, you know, completely different. Right. You have time to let the nerves settle in. You can kind of go out there and see, hey, you know, Andy Dalton's making throw. I can do this stuff, no problem, against guys that are not wearing a, a uniform in three weeks. No problem. I can go out there and do it. Let let me see Justin Fields start an NFL game first before we start, you know, getting into all that. I mean, I thought, I, I thought, I mean, regardless, if he stunk up the joint, people would say, oh, he stunk up the joint against guys that won't be in uniforms in three weeks. So it's kind of it's kind of a double edged sword. I would say, you know, you know you're damned if you do, ready, you're damned like if you I don't. Said. What? But, but I think at the end of the day, you have to look. You have to look at his raw numbers. Was 14 of 20, had a buck 42 passing, had the touchdown. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jesse James was wide open. There was no one within the same area code. But he misses that throw. People are saying, "Oh fuck, here comes another bust." Chicago Bears quarterback. Yeah, but he's not. In Justin Fields, he's not going to miss that throw. He's a first-round pick for a fucking reason. But I thought he looked very good. I still don't think he's the starter right away. But I think you know, if the Bears go zero and one, zero and two, and yeah. it comes and it comes down to you know Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are going to have to start coaching and GMing for their jobs. My timeline right now for Justin Fields, whether I agree with it or not is probably looking at week three or week four. Yeah, I, I think that's accurate. I don't think he's ready. I don't know. No, Just I don't know. Just it out there right now. So, yeah. Andy uh, Dalton is not going to be the guy that's going to save no. those two jobs. There's no, not a no, chance. No, no shot. Justin Fields is the guy that saves their jobs. Yeah, because, you know, if he looks okay, even if he looks okay, they it buys him another year. Yeah, I completely 100% agree. Andy Dalton does not put asses in seats. That's another thing. Justin Fields will put asses in seats because there yeah. is intrigue. 
There's this young quarterback who was a star at Ohio State, went to a national championship game for getting absolutely pumped by Alabama. But despite all of that, he's playing for an historic franchise like the Chicago Bears who are starving for a quarterback, who are starving for success. If this kid comes in, lights it the fuck up, and he's able to save Matt Nagy and, and Ryan Pace's jobs, then the kid's a fucking hero in Chicago. Exactly. He's a fucking hero. But you don't, for me, I don't want the kid to be rushed for the sake of saving oh, jobs. Oh, he will be. He, he might be. He might yeah, be. And the problem will. is if, if, he, if he stinks up the joint, then what? Then you, yeah. killed, you killed the kid's confidence and, and you basically just took a first-round pick and you completely killed him. Yeah, I uh, agree. Jake, another winner or another loser? We're just going to kind of, you know, leave this open-ended. Um, I would say another winner. Mac Jones, um, again, he kind of looked a lot like Zach. Didn't do anything spectacular. I thought Zach was better um, than Mac Jones. But, you know, he executed the offense, and he looked like he belonged. Um, so I'm going with Mac Jones. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the theme of quarterbacks. I'm going to go with the – Broncos guys. I'm going with Drew Locke. I'm going with Teddy Bridgewater. I thought they both looked excellent. Drew Locke had a perfect passer rating, five of seven, 151 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was seven of eight for 74 and then had a touchdown there. And, and Denver absolutely just railroaded Minnesota. I thought they both looked good. Um, granted. Yeah. It was against guys that may not be, you know, in a uniform in three weeks, but Regardless, I think that there's a lot to at least be somewhat hopeful about. I don't know if I would say confident. I think confident is just another word in and of itself. But I think with what you saw, you have to be at least hopeful that with Drew Locke now finally having someone to really push his ass a little bit and say, okay, if you don't perform, there's a guy right behind you that's going to take your job and is going to run with it. Maybe Drew Locke can finally live up to the promise that we saw when he first stepped onto the scene. And if he can't, it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. And 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 honestly, I think the Broncos would be okay with Teddy Bridgewater. I think they're actually potentially a better team if it's Teddy Bridgewater than it's than it is with Drew Locke. I agree. I definitely agree. Jake, but- another another winner or loser? How about a loser? A loser. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, this is kind of like my last one. I didn't watch a ton of uh, week one preseason football. I watched a lot of the rookies, but a loser for me is Sam Darnold week one. And because PJ Walker looked pretty damn good, man. I'm not yeah. kidding. Yeah. So listen, if they, they lose week one against the Jets, the team that got rid of them, and, you know, things go south there and they start off, you know, one and two, one and three. They might the fans might get a little restless and they might want to see PJ Walker again, who's apparently having a great camp with the Panthers and Darnold isn't practicing very well. I I think Darnold is not home free yet. Um, you know, I think a controversy could could occur in Carolina. I mean, if Sam Darnold doesn't perform quickly enough, yeah, there could be controversy there. But I think yeah. that there are some within the Carolina Panthers organization that thinks that with McCaffrey back at full health with Therese Marshall, who looked excellent, by the way, and and has looked very good from all that I've heard coming out of Panthers camp. Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. The defense is a little questionable for sure, but there are people that think that Carolina can push to be a wild card team. And if those within the Panthers organization feel that way, 
or that they can make a push and Darnold does not live up to those expectations, then they're going to have to turn to PJ Walker at, at some point. And I think that from a fantasy point of view, I know we're not a fantasy show, but obviously it is within the realm and we always like to give free fantasy tidbits here. It would be terrible for Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore if they go away from Sam Darnold. It would be absolutely awful. So let's be hope great for Christian McCaffrey. It would be, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think you could literally put you or I in the backfield next, next to Christian McCaffrey. I think he'd be even okay. better for McCaffrey just to, yeah, probably. Yeah, I agree. Probably. I think we, I think we both can successfully throw three or four yard passes to McCaffrey that can easily go for like 40 or 50, yeah. but regardless, um, I'll give you one more loser before we go on to uh, Matt Rushmore. I'm going to go for Kyle Trask and he looked absolutely lost. Yeah. For Tampa Bay, he was 415 for only 35 yards a week ago against the Bengals. He was sacked five times. Bruce Arians had to come out and, and defend him and say, you know, there were a couple of drop passes that were there. They he were just looked awful. a couple few or a few within inches of him having a big night. I just don't think he looked comfortable. Quite honestly, I thought no. he was just he was just looked like he did in that lost. bowl game. His yeah. last game of Florida. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you know, he's a rookie. He, he's going to have he's got the best teacher that he could possibly ever ask for with Tom Brady there. So that's good. But in terms of a opening sort of audition, it was not necessarily the brightest of starts for for Kyle no. Trask at all. And I'll give one more uh, one more set of losers before we go into Mount Rushmore. One quick winner, Jordan Love. Yes. Yes, Jordan quick. Love has Jordan Love has looked good. He has looked very, very good. Um, I mean, the Saints quarterbacks, Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, huge losers. Uh, Taysom Hill, we know about the issues with him throwing. They I just think much, the receivers are so bad there. They're, they're very bad. They are very, 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 very bad. Uh, Taysom, he looked okay, 8 yeah. for 12, 81 yards, but had an interception. And his night ended on a sack by Patrick Queen. Uh, Jameis Winston, for me, he looks like the starter for this team. Had two touchdown drives in the five possessions that he was on the field. God, but I hope throw, so. But did throw an interception. I am praying to the Lord, praying to the Lord that it is Jameis Winston. Yeah, if Kamara's fantasy value with Taysom Hill, definitely a little bit of a concern. Fucking toast is what you meant to say. Absolutely <laughs> fucking toast. All right, time for Mount Rushmore. I think this is a good one. I think you're going to like this one. Let's hear it, man. Sports venues. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna spin to see who goes first. I get the first pick. I'm going to keep it very simple. Keep it very, very simple. Snake, so you get two back-to-back here. I'm going with Yankee Stadium. Might sound like a homer here. I know a lot of people hate this place. I love the Barclays Center. Yep. Never would Absolutely have love one. it. My number two, it's places that I've been to, or could it be like a place I want to go to? It could be just in general, great sporting venues. Oh, uh, dude. How can you not go to Seattle? Yep. That's a good shop. That's a very good shop. Um, hmm. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for. The world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. And I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a little international flair. I'm going to go with Wembley Stadium in London. Ooh, interesting. 
little, a little international flair. I'm going to go with a little bit of a college. Ooh, oh, oh, that's a good shout. College. How about Death Valley? It's a very good one. That's a very good one. It's a very, very, very good it looks one. Looks like a good time. Uh, looks like a fantastic time. And you have one more, sir. Oh, I have one more. Um, you have one more. Did ba- I didn't do baseball yet. You have not um, done baseball. Hmm. Good one for baseball. What field looks great? I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I absolutely can't stand them. But how about Fenway Park? That's a that's a that's a fucking great shout. Yeah. Oh, that's a great shout. I I can't I can't hate that pick because it's the truth. Yeah. Fenway is fucking historic. I've never been, but oh, I, I I've been past it. I've been on the outside. I've touched the wall of Fenway, but I've never been in it. Yeah. And Adam went on a trip to Boston last weekend, and he just said Fenway was. Unreal. I bet. I bet. He said Fenway was just unreal. And for any baseball nerd, that's like the trip of a lifetime. Yeah. Just go to Fenway. Um, well, obviously, the obvious pick here is Wrigley, right? I mean, that is just that yeah. that would be the sensible pick. Um, but I've done baseball. I've done basketball slash hockey. I've done global football. I, I'm going to go... Um, I'm going to take so much fucking heat for this. I'm going to go. Uh, no. Do I really want to do this? I'm going to Jerry take world. So- no, no, no. Oh my God. No, 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 please. Please. God. You know what? I, I would take so much heat if I didn't put Wrigley. I, I have to put Wrigley. You got it. I have to. I absolutely have to. That's what I'm going with. What I was going to say that I was going to take so much heat for was Staples Center. Oof. True. It's but it's the it's the winning way of the Lakers, of the Kings, not the Clippers. But those two franchises have won way more than the Cubs have. Let's be real. Yeah. But Wrigley in and of itself. Just as a fortress for what it represents, Chicago Cubs baseball, I I would be remiss of my duties if I did not put Wrigley on this list. If I said Staples Center over Wrigley, I would have I wouldn't have slept tonight. And we still get one more, right? No, we're done. We're done. We're done. What, honorable mention. I wish I would love to go to uh, the T Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. That's a fucking fantastic shout. I was gonna I was gonna say Elite. I, I mean, if it was a personal one, I would have said Elysian Stadium. Yeah. That that place just looks sick. Yeah. That place just looks absolutely sick. Um, all right. So I chose Yankee Stadium, Madison Square Garden, Wembley Stadium in London, and Wrigley Field in Chicago. Jake chose Barclays because, of course, Homer. Because of Kevin Durant. Not Four more years, baby. Woohoo! He chose, he chose Seattle Seahawks. He chose Death Valley. And then he chose Fenway Park. Well, that is it for this episode of the Basement Talk podcast. 
Go check us out wherever you find your podcast and go check out our newly founded Twitter and Instagram pages. That would be much appreciated. Just basement talk podcast. You know where to find us. The, the links are going to be all in the description of this episode. Next week, we will be back talking about fantasy football. I have a draft tonight. Jake, I believe, has a draft next Friday. Is that your first? Major draft next Friday. A lot of lot of shit talking goes involved. I, I want to make it. I'm requesting an appearance on the uh, fantasy show next week. I I, 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 I think I, I think I'm due an appearance. I think we can do that. I think I can, I can make that happen. Yeah, I think I can make that happen. Yeah. If we're going to do, we have my, we have one show Monday. We have the live. Or do we turn this into Tuesday. a fantasy football marathon? Fantasy football marathon next week. Yeah. Yeah. And then I could, I, we could bring you on at the end of the week and we can, we can discuss, we could discuss you because I think everyone has heard about me and my fantasy woes a hundred thousand times. Yeah. And we could talk all about you, Jake. We can get you ready. We can get you ready. We can get the people ready for their fantasy drafts as well. Jake, as always, thank you very much, sir, for coming on. Please enjoy the rest of your weekend. You as well, my friend. It was a pleasure. I most certainly will. So for Jake Simone, I am Ed Bartzell. Everyone enjoy the rest of your weekend. Be safe, be kind, be respectful to each other, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.